One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we started, Joe, hello again, by the way. Two years, no, no conversation in the interim. What I like, John, is that Your reaction to sort of huge global crises is to ask me if I want to record another episode of this podcast. When the, uh, I would no. say maybe one week into a global pandemic, you were saying we should. I tell you what, the, what we should probably do, <laughs> what the world's crying out for is the boys to get back together. And then what? Russia invades Ukraine a week later, and you know we don't ever message each other. So I'm looking at the last set of messages were about were two years ago saying. Let's get the band back together. I just don't know what it's going to take. Like, ne- in two years' time, there'll be water around my waist, and my phone will go off. And you'll be like, "One, <laughs> one more time, one last time for the boys." Hey, yeah, it's all part. Uh, right in my defence, the 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 idea to start recording again came before the the horrific news this week. But the last time, absolutely, that yeah. was pandemic. My first thought was toilet rolls. What What worries me, John, is that. The Dream Factory fans, they're going to start hoping for huge <laughs> disasters because they yeah. know that's the only way they're going to get some sweet, sweet Dream Factory. Well, on the subject of fans, I think we're back this time and I think we need to go bigger than ever. I think we need more listeners than ever. I think we need to be the biggest podcast in the world, right? So I've been doing, okay. I've been okay. doing okay. some thinking in, in the yeah. last two years. I've been doing some thinking about what we can do to mm-hmm. grow the podcast mm-hmm. uh, you know listeners not, might not know but me and joel work in podcasting yeah. full-time mm-hmm. so if anyone knows how to make a hit podcast yeah it's, it's embarrassing guys. it's an embarrassment to be honest <laughs> because how much time how much of your life would you say you, how much of your job would you say that you spend advising people on how to have a big podcast definitely more than 75 percent of my yeah. time is spent yeah, 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 yeah big time big time big time and at the back of your mind do you ever think probably worth saying that john and i tried to crack this maybe for the first time eight years ago <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird thing to think. Yeah, so you've got the Dream Factory, which is like a few, I don't know how many years old now, but then we've got previous uh, mm. project, which is even more years. So, eight yeah. years ago. Have you worked that out? It just is. It was definitely 2014, which, John, Bloody was hell. eight Crikey. years ago. <laughs> right. So here's these aren't ideas that I bring to my podcasters because these are too hot, right? These yeah. are these nice, are Dream nice. Factory You're ideas. testing them out here. Beef. We start a beef. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. A beef's are hot right now. Rogan. Whoa, even we go I'm for going the straight king. to the top. I'm going straight to wow. the top. Wow. You hey, John, you might think he's the king. That, those are your words. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no. No, your honor. Right. What about we pivot subject? K-pop. K-pop's hot right now. Yeah? Yeah. What do you know about K-pop? There's a band called BTS. Mm, 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 and mm, I would mm. imagine in the world of K-pop, 
saying I like BTS is like now saying I like the Spice Girls, right? I assume that's how yeah. old BTS are. No offense to the guys. I'm sure they're lovely. K- Let's just do straight up K-pop fan fiction every week. Fully <laughs> erotic, full on, gross stuff. Stuff they're not going to get elsewhere. We'd either, it'd either go very well or we would immediately get cancelled. I feel like fan fiction is the last uncancelable domain, isn't it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Never really delved too much into it, Your Honour. I, I, I don't know what this means, but metaverse. I've written down metaverse. <laughs> well, I mean, we're the dream factory. We're kind of the original metaverse. It's all made yes. up. Yes. Fine. Beef is with Mr. Facebook, Zuckerberg. Why weren't we consulted? <laughs> Okay, a similar vein, another word I don't understand, NFT. Yep, good, good. What would What is the most NFT-able moment from our long history? I was looking through some of the, the, the old titles of episodes and genuinely they read like something out of like a, like a, a nightmare that you've had whilst having a fever. They look like, you know, you occasionally see those tweets where it's like, I put a thousand hours of something into an AI and this is what it came out with. <laughs> it's like, I put a thousand hours of two idiots making a podcast into an AI and here's the episode titles. Yeah. And we sell that as an NFT. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. You buy it. I don't look. You get it or you don't get it. But you also, it's like the, sh- when it comes like to this podcast, John, property, I, I'll be it? honest, I don't get it. <laughs> I never have. Multiverse. That's hot right now. Everything's a multiverse. Yeah, I struggle I struggle with the universe. Oh shit. <laughs> that just means one verse. No, it can't mean that. Yeah, like a unicycle. Like a song with one verse. No, but it means the only like multiverse. I, I never even really realized that mul- universe means one. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But does that imply that when they came up with the title, they who whoever they are came up the with title, the title universe. You're obsessed with su- my, uh, things being content. <laughs> the title how many clicks what is the seo on the word universe <laughs> no but does that imply that they were thinking yeah there's more than one at the time yeah maybe i don't know all right what about misinformation we just go full uh, that is now we're talking now we're talking <laughs> that is my wheelhouse i deal exclusively in misinformation Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules are simple. In an ever-changing world, John, there is one constant and that is the (laughs) nonsense rules of the Dream Factory. We can discuss as many film ideas as we like from you, from us, from the metaverse, Uh, but only one can be taken to the next stage where it'll be produced and broadcast on Mars to the last vestiges of humanity after the inevitable climate slash nuclear slash miscellaneous event that wipes us all out in the next six months. I'm Joel, a man who puts the man in blamange. I think I've done that one before, but it's been very long, a very long time. And sat across from me, oh, I copied and pasted this from when we used to speak to each other in real life. Digitally and, sat across. And sat across from me is John Harris, a man who despite becoming an actual father, is still the biggest baby in his house. Hello, John. <laughs> oh, we got it out of the way. That's good to mention, yeah. I have a child. You a have human a child. child. Little Glennis. And <laughs> how, how much has your life changed? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Is it exciting? Um, completely. I've got a pram, right? That um, if I stand and push behind it, you can actually see it in the back of the shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if I stand directly behind it and push it, I always step on the brake, right? So as a result, I sort of have to 
hold it to one side quite casually and i always think that people in the street think i'm just trying to be oh yeah he doesn't affect my life yeah yeah we're just you know <laughs> just like at a distance i'm living my life yeah if you were constantly on the brake there wouldn't you just be doing like a baby wheelie the whole time <laughs> do you think you're like tony hawk dad like <laughs> take, matt hoffman I take, I take him to the uh to the local car parks at night and we do donuts <laughs> <laughs> you're just stood at the top of a half pipe ready to go yes i have become a human father of a mm-hmm. human child mm-hmm. and that will probably affect my knowledge of any film that's come out recently um as i don't do anything anymore and that that will be a problem john because i have always relied on you as being the one that knows about anything to do with films let's go shall i go first yes Here, this one comes from ula uh the facts and the curious the facts yeah the facts and the curious as i like fa- it there's a, a double fax machine no, it's spelt like facts, like factual. Oh, okay. I think it's got quite like a QI vibe. Mm-hmm, the facts mm-hmm. and the curious. Yeah, Very yeah, like, yeah. Or it could be, um, what are they called? Like a National Treasure style thing, you know, mystery, <laughs> yes, solving yes, stuff. Yes, And because it's obviously punning on Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel's in it. Vin Diesel's like, I think he, so in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Harrison Ford is an impossibly sexy professor that everyone in his class finds impossibly sexy. Yeah. Let's get Vin Diesel in a bow tie. <laughs> Vin Diesel or, is a librarian. Or, or alternatively, we get Harrison Ford and Nick Cage, get them to shave their heads and become incredibly massive and ripped. Yeah, I would love to see that. I think <laughs> hmm, Harrison Ford is maybe 73 years old. And I don't think mm. Nicolas Cage is really, I don't know. I don't think he has the discipline... <laughs> of a man no. to get super ripped. So I could see them both shaving their heads. I don't know. I just quite like the idea that Vin Diesel is like a hundred mile an hour librarian. <laughs> is he? Oh, you know, did you ever have as he's a like kid? Chas- oh, he's chasing people down for late fines, like a bounty hunter. <laughs> but did you ever have a kid, as a kid, like there used to be like a library on wheels that would come to primary schools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he- yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. He drives that a hundred miles an hour. He drifts it into car parks. He just ch- dispenses the book in three seconds. That's exactly what it is. Or um, they quite often go to like underserved, like smaller towns and villages, right, where there isn't a library. Yeah. They pitch up there. That's what he's doing. And he's getting it. But the thing is, because of government cutbacks, he's the only one left in Britain. And he has to get around every single village in school once a week. That's perfect. Oh, amazing. Did you see uh, the, the, the Instagram post that Vin Diesel sent to The Rock recently? No. And you so, say you don't keep up with things, John. Right. You know what The Rock and Vin Diesel are talking about. I'm keeping up to date with beefs, Joel. I know that's where the money is. So fam- famously, well, perhaps not famously to everyone, but uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel do not get on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a tweet sent out during the filming of the Fast and Fur- one of the Fast and Furious when they worked together where The Rock described working with candy asses that we discovered he was referring to Vin Diesel. Yeah. And then since then, relatively recently, Vin Diesel sort of said that he was an asshole to The Rock on set to sort of get a better performance out of him. Like he's like a master. Kind of like coach. how we are before records. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, the Fast and Furious franchise is coming to an end. I think there's two more left. I think they're sort of being billed as like two parts. I mean, they've done well. Um, yeah. Are there nine? Uh, like ten? Ele- eleven? Yeah, I think it's... De- we're definitely in double digits by the time it finishes. I think it'll finish on ten or eleven. So yes, they've done very... Considering the first film is like genuinely just like a drag race movie. Yeah. Now they're like... They go into space and fight <laughs> submarines and stuff. So anyway, Vin Diesel tweeted this. I'll try, try and do my best Vin Diesel. 
There's no way I'm getting anywhere near as registered as a high vo- high pitched voice man. My little brother Dwayne, the time has come. The world awaits for the finale of Fast Ten. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. There is not a holiday that goes by that they and you do not send well wishes. So, firstly, he starts with my little brother Dwayne. Yeah, that is if a I'm brilliant describing opener. the rock, <laughs> such good, it's so patronising. <laughs> and then, and then he goes on to point out that his family's in correspondence with the rock, but he's clearly not. My kids talk to you. But the time has come. Legacy awaits. I would have told you years ago that I was going to fulfil my promise to Pablo. Which is Paul Walker. So he's bringing a dead man Mm, into this as well, which is pretty intense. I swore that we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale that is number 10. Did he say that to Paul Walker? (laughs) I'm not sure. Anyway. I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be played by no other. That's multiple negation that suggests that he can. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. To which The Rock in some interview later said, nah, that's not happening. Amazing. Yeah, uh, just calling him out by my... Li- just I, I think The Rock probably closed the, the thing as soon as he saw the phrase, oh, my little yeah, brother 100%. Dwayne. That's, he's going to swipe right past that. He's no one's little brother. He's like the world's big brother. <laughs> he's the man we need right now. Also, is Vin Diesel older than The Rock? Bigger than The Rock? He, uh, no. I, uh, well, it's hard to tell because I think they have all these contracts in the Fast and Furious movies, don't, don't they? Where like they can't lose someone a stands, fight to each someone other. Someone stands on a stepladder. Yeah, they all stand on stepladders and stuff, so they all look. They all simultaneously look bigger than one another yeah. by like CGI magic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I have no the idea. only way they can build them on a poster is by overlaying their names so that it's ineligible. <laughs> <laughs> they're now. They're now so desperate for top billing that you can only see the bottoms of their names about like at the top of the poster because they've had to move them up and up and up and up and up and up <laughs> it's so good i imagine when the posters come out like the rocks agent and vin diesel's agent are like measuring the size of their sizes of their heads on the poster oh Don't you think? I, definitely it's uh yeah and like I mean... counting to the frame the amount of screen time they're getting i imagine just like filming the edit of that film must be horrific the con like the contracts they must have insane the the fact that they that uh, i believe that that it is well known that neither of them can lose a fight in the films just means that nothing happens yeah so good uh, uh, so the facts in the curious vin diesel the rock they both have rival library vans but only one can oh. rem- only one can remain due to government cutbacks and it's whoever can do the round in the fastest time that's genuinely a great film get it made I would, I'd be all over that. Uh, here's one from Stu. Last Night in Bojo. Now, I haven't seen Last Night in Soho. Oh, I have uh, seen that. And there I'm, we go. I'm, I just, because I've been nervous too, because it has quite mixed reviews and I'm such a big Edgar Wright fan. I I enjoyed it, but it it's one of those films where I, I really liked it and I liked what he was going for. But at the same time, I also can see all the criticism. Yeah. So like, I get it, but I also liked it. It's hard. It's there's some great stuff though. The first like hour is like truly incredible, and you definitely should check it out. Cool. I'll just uh, wa- I'll just like, watch the first hour. Yeah, just get, just <laughs> as soon as you feel things going a bit funky, just Turn switch off. off and say, "I just had a nice time." <laughs> so last night in Bojo. So last night in Soho is a time travel vibe, right? 
thriller. Yeah, yeah. So back to the the sixties. So it's Boris going flitting, flicking between present day and Eton. I'm oh. guessing. Yeah, that's better than because obviously the the first thing that comes to your head last night in Boris is a, a, a dirty film. A, yeah, some I, I don't want to think about that. No. Okay, he goes. There's definitely something that can be done with a time travel and Boris and some some sort of like a Christmas Carol vibe, right? Where yes. we sort of go back to the yes. source of yes, yes, his sort of his uh, his what's what's where the word? loose happens. loose attitude towards the truth and mm-hmm, where that mm-hmm, started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so and he's... then by the end he's like full liar liar, <laughs> <laughs> just telling everyone everything. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. So you kind of so yeah, he's visited by three ghosts, past, present, future. They say, look, here's when you told a lie when you were a kid. It led to all of these things. Here's where you told a lie when you were in your journalism career in the 90s. It was bad. Here's some lies you're going to tell in the future. Guess what? Also bad. He wakes up the next day, never tells a lie again. And it's like that tweet, you know, it's like, society, if Boris Johnson didn't tell lies, and it's like a utopian flying cars kind of world. There you go. Ah. And he opens the window but, I mean, this is this is a, morning. Yeah. And he goes, a truth, a truth for everyone. <laughs> I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a puff piece for him, though, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good. Well. Or is yeah, it? I okay, don't know. Fine. Well, this is the weird thing about Christmas Carol. I was watching a Muppets Christmas Carol the other day, and I did think there was an element of it. Like nowadays, if um, Scrooge happened, mm. there'd be, just be people on the internet going, I don't give a shit. He's yeah. still closed down an orphanage. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'd be digging up the historical tweets of Scrooge. <laughs> anyway. Right. What about this one? Now, from if Mike. Scrooge, oh, when Scrooge woke up, instead of shouting out the window, he would just tweet a notes apology for his previous seventy years of life. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. What about this one from Mike? House of Pucci. Yeah. Have you seen House of Gucci? No, but who has? Yeah, fine. Uh, he's a fashionable. D- I, I, He's a fashionable dog, Pucci. He is a very fashionable dog. So it's the story. House of Gucci is uh, about 
the Gucci family and some sort of murder and Lady Gaga's in it and Jared Leto's in it being mad. I've seen some bits yes. of him really overacting. Yeah. Uh, he's doing his Luigi voice. He's bad. He's bad in films. I'm trying to think. I think he's uh, he's, a, he's complicated. I think he has done some good performances. No, he's bad. <laughs> what's he What's he good in? Is Reece- he not good in Requ- Requiem for a Oh, dream? that's about... That was made a hundred years ago, John. <laughs> I would say, whenever I see that Jared Letter's in a thing, I think, I don't want to watch that thing. There's a new series coming about WeWork, where he plays the guy who founded WeWork. And I really would like to watch that, because the podcast that is based on We Crashed, I enjoyed that. And, you know, I'd like to see how podcasts are put on the big silver screen. But the fact that Jared Leto is going to be in every second of that show makes me not want to watch it. Right. I, I When you mentioned that, I sort of put my hands to my head because uh, uh, this is I've got a very weirdly strong opinion about this at the minute, which is I'm, there's so in the next like six months, there are so many real life stories from the last few years mm-hmm. being dramatized for seasons. Like so there's the Amanda Seyfried is playing. Oh, gosh, the lady, the, the blood lies lady. I can't think what she's called. Yeah, right now. yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, the Kate fe- McKinnon's play. Kate McKinnon's doing Tiger King. Yeah, and there's We Work. I think there's two stories about the lady who basically lied about her blood sampling machine. The Theranos business. Yes. And there's that one on Netflix that's massive right now, the Inventing Anna one about that Anna Delvey. Um, yeah. Con well, woman. clearly. Yeah. But, but they haven't existed that massively for that long. So it feels like everyone's decided this is the next hot thing. So I'll be intrigued to see whether this is all anyone watches. Also, who the fuck knows about WeWork outside of like some startups in big cities in the world? Like, who cares? Yeah. If you if you went and asked a hundred people outside now to describe what WeWork is, they would not know what it is. Does anyone care? It's like a big startup that became really big and then fell on its ass because the guy was you know a maniac. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Agreed. Anyway, House of Pucci, great film. <laughs> no, yeah. House of Pucci. It's weird how like iconic the character of Pucci has become. It's almost meta how he's become iconic, considering the whole point is that is they wanted to make this incredible character and then it fails miserably. Yeah. And then, but everyone still kind of talks about it. If if anyone doesn't know this is a Simpsons episode, I realised that about five minutes into this chat, we, we maybe should have explained just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pucci is a character in The Simpsons. He appears, he's voiced by Homer. He appears in like one episode of Itchy, Itchy and Scratchy, but they think he's going to be the big the big sort of character and yeah. he t- ends up not. And it ends with the famous Pucci died on his way to his home planet card yeah. at the end of the episode. <laughs> but one thing, whatever happens in this House of Pucci film, one thing that we need to remember, and this is a quote from the episode is, Pucci needs to be louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. Oh, okay, uh, so he's played by Jared Leto. Yes. Yeah, oh, for sure. He's a big, loud, uh, angry dog. Jared Leto, you'll hear stories about how, like, when Jared Leto was voicing the character, he insisted that the walls of the studio were covered in peanut butter or something, because dogs love <laughs> peanut butter. He sent, like, <laughs> chewed up bones to the rest of the cast. You know, completely lost his mind. And the reason he isn't going to become the next big thing is because he was so intolerable when making the production. Uh, and crucially, whenever Poochie's not on screen, all of the other characters must be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> yeah, and I think if you did make a film with Joe Leto, you'd be constantly asking, where's Jared? But not because you wanted him around, but because you were worried that he's like doing a poo in your trailer or something. Because there's all those stories, but, aren't there, about how he sent like, like when he was the Joker, yeah, didn't he send like dead, dead rats, rats to people? Yeah. Fake and filled condoms, but apparently either that didn't happen at all or the condoms weren't filled with what you think they would be filled with. 
it was filled with confetti. <laughs> um, also, Jared Leto is sort of was one of the greatest memes of the beginning of the pandemic when he went on like a a forty like a forty eight hour silent retreat. Yeah, yeah, as the, yeah, pand- yeah, as yeah, the world yeah, locked yeah. down. <laughs> That's a film. That's a film. That That's is a good film. Right. Have you got another one for us, Joel? Uh, yeah. How about this from Tony Bean Machine? Mr. Bean is sent to prison and he starts a football team. When I first read it, I thought that was what you'd call a coffee machine. The Bean Machine. Yes. That's what I'm going to start calling my coffee coffee machine. Mr. Bean starts a coffee shop. <laughs> no, Bean Machine is good. Uh, Mr. Bean goes to prison. I assume it's a hilarious mishap that. Yeah, and he can't. And because in... he doesn't speak, he he tries to testify in court, but it's just. <laughs> A nightmare. <laughs> he he for some reason decides to mount his own defense. Yeah, before and, remembering he can't. You know, speak. he slips, he pulls the wig off the judge. <laughs> the whole thing is a complete shambles. And the jury just they you know, they didn't even need time to go and adjudicate. They're just like, This man's guilty. Look at him. <laughs> it was after it was a petty crime he committed, but after his court appearance he's in for life. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in as a witness. <laughs> to another crime and he gets sentenced to, to life because he's so it's just a, a, 20 minutes of pure slapstick he, end, he end, <laughs> ends up becoming convicted for life and he ends up in prison and during recreational time and i guess maybe in like slapstick style he stumbles his way onto a football pitch and you know trips over scores an amazing diving header and he gets drafted onto the football team they're like we need the bean he might be silent, but did you see the goal he just scored? Like maybe he accidentally scores an overhead kick from 30 yards away because he, you know, he slips on a mole and uh, he gets into the football team and the football team are in the final of the big inter-prison tournament. Amazing. There you go. What? What? Have you seen Mean Machine? What's I think the, I, think what's I the have. Vibe? I think I have. It's a prison team. They play prison rules, which means they can all break each other's legs and stuff. And I think like the final thing is like a game against the prison guards. Of course, for their freedom. Yeah, you'd be surprised <laughs> to learn that Vinnie Jones is in it. <laughs> I mean, yes. Speaking of being on a silent retreat when the world locked down, I famously went on holiday when the world locked down, and I was in Los Angeles, City of Angels, when they locked it down completely. And like one of the only things left that you could do, so all of the museums and the galleries and the sport venues, they were all closed. But there was still a guy running one of those beverly hills tours <laughs> where you sit on a bus and he goes around and goes that's where quentin tarantino lives uh, i'll be honest it was great it was so much fun and was vinnie jones involved vinnie jones's house we saw vinnie jones's beverly uh, hills house do they look uh, the beverly hills house is actually genuinely very nice yeah they're massive they're absolutely yeah. massive and they're up on you know up in the hills and it's all very exciting yeah uh, and you go down rodeo drive but it's all like a ghost town because everyone's scared Except is it just 10 people rodeo? on a minibus. Pardon? Is it just spelt rodeo, but we say rodeo? Yeah. What's that all about? Because rodeo is an American word. It's, so fa- it's, but it's fancier. It's fancier. Rodeo. Mm. I'm going to live there and I'm going to call it Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive. You're a big Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, dear. let's have another one. We're, we're really like spending so much time on these. Y- you can tell we haven't done this for two years. <laughs> At the end of last time, we just said the pun and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> What about this one from Scroobius Pip? Venom, let there be partridge. I like it. Also, crucially, this is name drop, Scroobius Pip, star of Venom, let there be carnage. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, so, uh, he's, he plays Siegfried. 
a, an inmate. Which is extremely exciting. Um, yeah. So he's he's been there. He's done it. He's lived it. He let there be partridge. So what are we saying? The Venom symbiote, symbiote takes yep. over, finds itself in Norfolk and <laughs> yes. takes over Alan Partridge and makes him do some evil, evil broadcasting. Maybe it makes him go like full GB News right wing commentator. Yes. And Partridge becomes like the face of, you know, Infowars in the UK. Because there is a fair bit of comedy in the Venom movies. Yeah. Of the whole like interplay between Tom Hardy's character, who I cannot remember, and mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's character called Venom. Yep. Uh, so, and I think Coogan could definitely do that. The, the silly boys. 100%. And, oh, yeah. He'd be all over it. And threatening to eat people and stuff. I think he... I. I think this is a goer. Does he become a goodie by the I think I feel like if we're getting Partridge in and he's got superpowers, he has to become a goodie by the end, right? No, he isn't that, the I think isn't, but Partridge isn't a goodie, is he? Hmm. He is kind of an old school conservative kind of guy. I think it would I think ultimately he would like lead some sort of revolution. <laughs> He'd become the face <laughs> of like an extreme right wing party in the UK, <laughs> led by the thoughts of Venom. But I'm here's very the thing. sad after that one. Here, no, but, okay. no, but, no, no, but here's the thing. Because all Partridge really wants is to stay relevant and to be famous. And he gets so much airtime becoming an extreme right-wing mouthpiece that he secretly is into it and he kind of leans into it. And by the end, you don't know who's <laughs> Venom and who's Partridge. <laughs> How about that? And the big twist at the end, John, is that you yeah. think, this is so awful, you know, Venom's taken over his life and made him such an evil man. You find out at the end, Venom's not even there anymore. Wow. How about Venom that? was disgusted by How about Partridge. that? Venom's found a new guy to hang on to, and Partridge doesn't even realise. <laughs> that's quite a good twist for a Venom film, isn't it? I liked it. For the next one, that's uh, what they should do. It should corrupt definitely. someone so much, but they love it, and Venom's not even there anymore. Right. Should we move on to ours? Uh, yeah, let's do ours. Here's one from me. This, this only really works written down which is Great. good. Don't look UPS. Don't look ups. <laughs> so it's like speed as a delivery driver and he can't look at any sort of map or his van will explode. <laughs> but he has to do his full delivery round. Is this in the same universe as um, as Faxons of Curious? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we did that one earlier on, I did think, oh no, <laughs> this is kind of like mine. So he has to do a full delivery round sort of based purely on vibe and following his nose <laughs> how about that i love it do we get ups in the uk yeah they're the good they're, they... they're one of the good guys <laughs> no i'm this is a for an open forum we can safely talk about <laughs> the good and the bad guys of the delivery world can't we <laughs> i don't know dpd solid dependable reliable to your door love dpd UPS, a very similar vibe, but it is always quite exciting. It does feel like your parcels come from America. Even if it's just yeah. like, you know, dishwasher salt. It feels like American dishwasher salt, which I assume is delicious. <laughs> Royal Mail, good guys. They've always been there. And they and they just know where your house is, right? Royal Mail. Yeah. Yodel, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Just guesswork. When I, occasionally, there's a there's a train line, I think, or a road that goes past a great big yodel warehouse somewhere and i hate seeing it like it makes me so angry yodel it's guesswork 
like yodels like fucking don't look ups like they just they just go out there and drive and hope they just leave your package somewhere and hope it gets to you and then there's another one who i think are even worse who are they joe I don't know, mate. I, you, you said you, you wanted a beef. Of... You said you wanted a beef. Ah, <laughs> yes. This is this Here is my go. this is my right delivery company. Well, whilst you try and find that out, UK. do you remember when in two thousand and one Royal Mail? Oh, here we go, motherfuckers. <laughs> they are. Aren't they? Come on, what bad experiences have you had with the delivery companies of the world? Hermes, man. Um, they don't even pretend to know where your house is. I have this annoying thing in my house. I'd rather have herpes. Fr- <laughs> Than how ha- oh and you're so beholden to them because you order something online and they're like yeah we're yodel guys you can't even select it the the company you buy from will be yeah. like we're yodel guys and because because where I live there's sort of three very similar addresses when I order something and they say we're yodel guys I basically just think well there's maybe a thirty percent chance I'll ever receive this item so there you go. Um, two two delivery uh, frustrations. One, my house is number twenty nine, but the mm-hmm. neighbours are like number th- twenty three, and there is no explanation. We just there there are houses missing on this street. Someone told me it what might have been happened to them. Bombing. <laughs> that's the next. That's our investigative podcast series, and a lot of delivery people will sort of. Uh, I'll open the door and they'll be like, uh, "What the hell? Why are you number twenty nine next to <laughs> Like as if I had a choice. Like I made yeah, that yeah, decision. You put the numbers on I the door. Twenty three. Skip a few. Ninety nine. One hundred. Yeah. Second thing, our front door opens outward, which is incredibly rare for a front door and quite annoying. And wow. people often just leave a big deliveries in front of our front door. And you get trapped for weeks at a time. Stranded, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got a washing machine delivered and we, we didn't see you for six months. <laughs> I, uh, whenever people talk about the Royal Mail, I, I always think about the time in 2001 where they tried to rebrand to Consignia. Do you remember this? Yes. What the hell? <laughs> And everyone was just so upset that the idea of it not being called the Royal Mail anymore. It's like, it was all, it's because it was, I think to to the sort of, to the British public, particularly that time, it was almost like repainting all the post boxes blue or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just part of the UK, like, sort of identity of itself. Anyway, let's move on to my one. Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange heads one step beyond with the help of Suggs and Co. <laughs> into the house of fun to save his brackets, my girl. Why? It must be love. Baggy trousers. Our house in the middle of our street. I've been driving in my car. <laughs> uh, uh, I love it. The soundtrack, just full on scar the whole way through. Exactly. There's not. Uh, there's one of the criticisms I often see leveled at the MCU. And not enough scar. You've already seen that. <laughs> I just meant the soundtrack. Not in general, one but sax I... solo <laughs> across. Not a single sax solo in Phase Three. <laughs> Again, one star. One star, no scar. Um, yeah, no, you're right. There isn't any scar in the Marvel films, John. Um, and that, this is a good time to address that. Doctor Strange. He's in all the gear. He's in, you know, your classic madness getup. They only walk around doing that dance from one step beyond <laughs> i'm into it thank you and that's that joe good Do you know what my favorite ones are when it's just a stupid pun and you immediately imagine the film <laughs> doesn't make for good content no we need to do a hundred of those an episode and we'd be exhausted <laughs> but god it's good when there is one god it's good so of the ones we've done john which was your favorite now I, it's interesting isn't it like when you judge the favorite do you uh, do you judge it by which one you'd most like to see as a film or which one you had the most fun talking about 
It's a great question. We've never sort of gone behind the curtain like this, Joel. This is the behind the scenes of the Dream Factory on the Dream Factory. Yeah, what it is. is. What is my mental... Pro- I feel like I'm at one of those post-match interviews as a footballer. What is my process? I think if it was like an absolutely killer pun that mm-hmm. just was uh, like unadmissible... Then and I, and I hope we do, and I really hope we do one of those one day. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but I think normally for me, it would be the one that brings the best conversation. And I think this week, uh, I think we started with it, which is the facts and the curious. You're right. It was, of- it was downhill from there, really. Um, that's <laughs> my favourite as well. Much like the first hour of last night in Soho just turn this off after the first five minutes <laughs> and you've had a good time hey well done John submit your ideas and we look forward to using those in about two years time um, when we <laughs> reconvene uh, no we'll do a few of these submit your ideas uh, tell us some nice things tell us some horrible things just get in touch speaking of tell us some Beef horrible things us. John we'll do this in the post chat I'll tell you about people that have told me horrible things on the internet so stay tuned after the music. Thanks, John. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, listener. There's still more than one of them, I think. I just said, tell us nice things, tell us horrible things on social media. It's all good feedback. Um, in the week, John, I had my first ever tweet go viral. Oh, yes. It was a photo of someone at the football. I went to a football match and it was really awful and we were rubbish. And someone in front of me was doing some sort of tax admin on their phone. I thought it was really funny because, you know, imagine a game of football being so terrible that you think, I'm going to apply for tax relief, actually, on my energy bills for the last 12 months. And I, do you know what? I framed the photo so such that the person was completely unidentifiable and I yeah. waited for the moment on their screen where there was zero personal information. Responsible tweeting, I'd say. It was responsible, yeah. And tweeted it. It went viral. It got, like, uh, you know, millions of people have seen it, apparently, according to the data. Uh, first time anything I've ever tweeted has gone remotely viral. I was called a nonce three times and a cunt <laughs> once. <laughs> and I that did, is the I, most I... perfect distillation of the experience on Twitter, isn't it? Like... The first time anything reaches an audience beyond the very few people that follow me, I'm just called a nonce three times by like just strangers on the internet who I've got no connection to. Great stuff. Uh, I yeah, I I enjoyed it, and there was I, I could see there were like conspiracy theories brewing around you. Uh, people thought I had, hadn't like been there. Staged the image. <laughs> yeah, someone accused me of not being at the football and pretending I was so that I could have a viral tweet. Incredible. Just yeah. It gave me like, like, I thought it must be horrendous if you've got a big profile. That must happen every time you tweet anything. Yeah, you must just get people that was doing mad shit like that. It, I, it was so strange. Because I remember there was a big phase where people quite enjoyed the sort of like didn't happen of the year awards stuff. Yeah. Where it was like, uh, generally, it seemed to be a parent claiming that their four year old child had said something incredibly profound. But then there was sort of like a backlash to that because it essentially just became like a stick to beat people with. Anytime anything interesting happens yeah. to anyone, they yeah. go, yeah. didn't happen, yeah. didn't yeah. happen. I, oh, if I'd been didn't happen of the year awarded, I would have deleted my Twitter account and gone into hiding, <laughs> I think. The ultimate shame. But who would pretend to be at a League One football match and <laughs> someone is... like the, the, the level of thought that would have to go into that in the hopes that it would then reach a big audience on Twitter, strange.
Because there's a conspiracy theory where you were at the match and you asked a mate in front of you or whatever to do something really yeah. dull and then photograph it. But that's not what people were claiming. They were claiming that you got a stage set up, you got some people <laughs> in jackets to stand outside. Yeah, well, they were just claiming it was taken somewhere else. Like I just saw someone... <laughs> on a what, train. <laughs> on a tra- I saw someone on a train doing their tax and I thought, well, what's the funniest place they could have been doing this? And then, did, and then waited till a game was going on and tweeted it at the right minute. Um, <laughs> when when they first like land you know do um tourism on the moon or something i'm gonna take that photo you sent and be like god this moon is so boring someone's doing their tax <laughs> i might start tweeting it all the time <laughs> i might start doing it all the time at the taj mahal not as good as you think someone's <laughs> doing their tax just constantly that is that's such a good idea that is such a good idea people are raving about the batman the person in front of me clearly wasn't enjoying it and they were doing their tax <laughs> How boring is the Batman? I'll just do exactly the same wording. <laughs> so I think the wording was, how bad is it at Cholton tonight? So I'll just always start with a question. How boring is the Batman? person in front of me was doing sorting out their VAT. That is such a good idea. I'm going to do that all the time. All the time. In the hope of... Because the one thing that ever went viral, obviously the only answer is, if you ever want to repeat that success, is to repeat exactly the same tweet. Uh, I look forward to the diminishing returns. Big time, big time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then... You'll be the best listener.